We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome back to the Road of His Best Ball Show. My name is Colin Kelly. I'm joined by Road of His writer, Conor O'Driscoll. Conor, you did an article recently talking about a contrarian path to supercharged elite tight end builds and the keys to trying to bring down the 2023 FFPC Best Ball Tournament. You, of course, did win the 2021 edition with a big Week 17 from some of the Cincinnati Bengals, including Jamar Chase, myself, Sean Siegel, and Blair Andrews came in second place in that contest. So big success for Rotoviz in that 2021 final. We're hoping to go back there in 2023. So we're going to use some of your insights today, particularly around elite tight end, how maybe that can factor into supercharging these rosters, as you wrote about recently up on rotoviz.com. There will be a link to this article in today's show notes. You can check out from Connor, if you're watching this over on YouTube, we'll be sharing some of the graphics as we go along through it here. But for people who may not be aware, the FFPC Basketball Tournament is a $125 entry. I like the way it is based throughout the playoffs with 12-team leagues. Certainly makes it feel more achievable, Connor, and, and making it true to those. But we're hoping to make it true to that final week. But it is a format where it's two running backs, two wide receivers, one tight end, and then two flexes. It is a one-quarterback format. And that does really give a lot of potential for which way you want to build your rosters. If you're a running back drafter, if you're a wide receiver drafter, if you want to go for the tight end position. So lots of ways to do it. Firstly, when we're jumping into the article itself and looking at what the the thesis behind it was, what was the opening thoughts? Obviously, we've known for quite some time the tight ends are very beneficial in tight end premium formats. But what were some of your thoughts going in as you started to do some research for this piece? Well, well, the big the big thing that, that uh, are the overall thesis of the article is, like you said, tight end premium and um, very important to the to a very important scoring feature. But on top of that, the two flex positions is really important, and because that means that, uh, like underdog, for example, you can start a maximum four wide receivers in any given week, but with two flexes, you can start a maximum of three tight ends in any given week. And that being able to start three total, it it really changes the dynamic. Like I know, a, a lot of in a in a lot of other formats, the kind of like even if you're going elite tight end, a lot of what a lot of people will do is they'll get their elite, 
and they're like, okay, I, I, I spent all this draft capital on this great guy. I'm, now I'm just going to wait so that I keep my overall cost at that position low. And and, and honestly, that, that's uh, what a lot of people do on FFBC too. But the way I prefer to think about tight end is that it's it's actually it's a it's a lot closer to those other running back uh, wide receiver positions than it is uh, on underdog. So like you you want to think about hey they get this huge scoring boost hey they can spike for great uh, point totals in any given week and the fact that you can start treat them just because and, and it's a kind of like just because you've gone um elite tight end early does not mean that you should say oh I, I I'm gonna wait now until round nine round ten like if 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 particularly if you get a value. Uh, and on, on your second uh, early tight end, then you, you, you should take it. Uh, no brainer. That's sort of what I did in my uh, in my in the, my two teams that went to the finals last year. Uh, both teams kind of had um, uh, Kelsey went, went in the first. Uh, one team I grabbed Hawkinson, the other team I grabbed Kittle, and both teams kind of like in in week sixteen the uh, the the tight end. Uh, scoring really pushed them over to the top like one team had a uh, hawkinson go i think for 40 plus and then i was able to use that in my tight end spot and then kelsey's 20 points in my flex and then the other one had a uh, kelsey kittle and um uh, taller higby and so they they all went uh, kelsey went for 20 higby went for 30 uh, kittle went for 30 and so that really kind of supercharged the points total and, and, and pushed that team over the top and into the final. And obviously we're going to look at it from the elite side of things today from those earlier tight ends. But just to give some context as well, when you're thinking of tight end premium, you mentioned kind of the difference versus underdog even, but you're getting a full point extra for every single reception to the tight end position versus PPR points, obviously to wide receivers and running backs. But when you are looking into how those additional points can really rack up the final that you won that we came second and we ended up with a Noah Fant lineup fitting into our flex there we had Mark Andrews as the starting tight end but when it got to a situation he was obviously still with the, the Denver Broncos at that point but had a, a big week 17 but when you are getting you know seven eight receptions in a game and then possibly a touchdown on top of that for a tight end it, it really like isn't that difficult to push those tight ends, even the later guys, like a Noah Fant at that particular point, into a range where they're up at 30 points? You know, they're they're really lapping some of those later options, or definitely the later options, but potentially some of the, the mid to early options at running back and wide receiver as well with that additional bonus. So I think it's a, a really fun way to look at it. But today we're going to look at it from the elite side. So this obviously, as we scroll down through, our page here if you're watching this on youtube you're going to see connor's team from last year that got his team into the final here if you're watching on youtube you will see some of those you'll see on those lineups kelsey kettle higby higby going for 34.9 20.3 for kelsey and then 33 for george kettle and if we look at the rest of the lineup you know we get higby as the top scorer that week outscores from holmes who had 26 points uh, then we have saquon barkley 27 devin singletary 20.5 so really the tight ends are carrying this team at that point to a total score that week of 193.4 we have the second team 196.9 we 
mentioned Kelsey already, but you have Hawkinson at 42.4 and that lineup, you know, we're, we're getting into a range where he's doubling some of your other key players. You know, we have Jalen Waddle who had a big, big week, 25.3. We have Mahomes, you mentioned as well, 26. So the other factor in these teams was interesting. It is a Mahomes, Kelsey stack in, in both lineups as well. But when we move down into, obviously we know you had success last year, digging deeper, your headline is the biggest mistake elite drafters make. Is that simply the case that you talked about of waiting too long for that second tight end, or is there any other additional parts when you dig in here? We can see the, the heat map up on up on rotaviz.com in the article. It, it, it really is a, a case of, uh, of waiting too long. Looking at uh, data from 2017 through 2022, basically the ideal time in in this in this window of history to select your uh, tight end two has been um, somewhere between in the third round, the uh, let's call it the seventh round, in 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 that spot where you're still getting real players pl- players who who have real breakout opportunities. Is, has been historically a very successful time to take your uh, second tight end. And and what's interesting is of t- elite tight end drafters, and I'm defining that as a tight end one in either round one or two, last year, only seven, uh, sorry, 72% of those uh, elite tight end drafters waited until after round seven. So like we said, they pushed it all the way. There's like, okay, I got my, I got my strong tight end here. I can weigh that tight end now. Whereas, because of the scoring and the the, uh, the roster starting settings, I just don't think that's the right mentality. I think you should you you obviously don't want to be reaching, and uh, for tight ends to like fit a strategy, but should really be open to when hey when you get a value or you see someone at ADP who you would like if you didn't already have a tight end you should really think hard about selecting them. You mentioned in the article as well, moving on from that, when you brought this up last year a little bit, the pushback was, you know, the the structural advantage mightn't be there based on, you know, having to take that second option over a wide receiver, a running back, a quarterback in that range. When you dug in then with the win rates versus right. that, what did that show? So, uh, like you said, I, I I did get a certain amount of pushback last year. Uh, which to, to some degree was fair. And it's like, hey, you're looking at these win rates in two and three year samples, maybe four years. And, and when you look at that uh, analysis, a lot of that can be driven by individual player breakouts, which that, that, that's where the whole game of fantasy comes from. All, all, all success comes from breakouts, more or less. And what when I when I kind of looked at the like the, the data over years over a couple of years, yes, there has been uh, particularly strong breakouts in in that in that range in the last two years. You have Mark Andrews in twenty one, T.J. Hawkinson last year, Darren Waller in twenty twenty, but it's not like this is just like a new trend. Like there, there's been breakouts throughout the years. Like you had Zach Ertz in twenty seventeen. You had uh, Delaney Walker in 2017, Kyle Rudolph in 2017, Austin Hooper of all people in 2019, who had a, who had a big year. And so, like getting not being afraid to uh, to to draft these tight ends who who are capable of breakouts has been rewarded through uh, throughout the years, and it's it's not just some recent trend. 
And out of those names as well that you mentioned, Delaney Walker might be the one of those names that was more, I guess we'll say, pushing on towards veteran territory when he had that kind of breakout at that point of his career in 2017. But looking at those other names, something that Blair wrote in a recent piece, you know, when we talk about drafting tight ends, whether it's in these ranges or particularly when it's late as well, you're looking at drafting profiles for who is that next I guess, true, true elite tight end. So at that point in the draft, even if you're in the sixth or seventh round, there may be certain question marks, but you're not really drafting those guys who are on the, the downslope of their career at the end of their window, I guess we'll say. You're you're really drafting those guys who are re- potentially pushing up into the Travis Kelsey range. But the seconds and where it gets really interesting here, and this is kind of a little bit like what I touched on when I was saying about you know, how even later in the drafts, the tight end position can have such an advantage in this particular format with the extra flex spots with the additional options uh, or with the additional points rather uh, and tight end premium if you look at the one the flex tool up on the the website pretty much once you get past a certain point it is it's all upside here for the tight end position and i guess we can filter this to both the elite option as we talk through it and to the uh, potential later options as well We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Uh, yeah, so uh, what's pretty clear here is that after pick 50, because of the tight end premium, without forgetting any of the roster stuff, tight ends project based on historical scoring. They've been outscoring wide receiver and, and and running back past pick 50 throughout the draft. And so, I mean, that's interesting uh, for sure in that like, hey, people might think, oh, I'm, I'm drafting this tight end in, in the fourth or fifth round. Should I really do this? Uh, I already have my elite guy. It's like, well, actually, with you, you, you could actually be getting a higher projected player. And then when you... Uh, when you look at the uh, the kind of value of replacement, which means you're factoring in the fact that hey, you can actually you can start you you, you can start only uh, you can start up the tree, then it really really pushes the uh, the tight end ahead. 
versus uh, the the uh, the other positions. Um, in terms of like the the win the flex tool and the projection for the really early elite guys, I think I think it is interesting and it is kind of like uh, notable that it the early tight end when the when the flex does not really like the early tight end it does speak to hey tight end scoring is is usually driven by a select handful of, of players uh, who really smash and then you have a lot of you have a you have duds uh, probably more duds than other positions and that brings the average scoring down however you, we, we we know from looking at other data that the win you get from selecting the early tight end that does smash vastly outweighs any kind of loss from uh, selecting the, the the ones that don't smash. I think that is very fair, Connor. As we start to work through kind of the as we've gone through this, I think this is showing what the conclusion is going to be as we work our way through it, but. What are some of the other parts as we work towards the conclusion and, and what people, particularly in this format, should be doing in 2023? The other thing is with the win the flex too. Like the more flex positions you have, if there's a positional advantage like we see at the FFPC, it's going to to ramp up that additional advantage with multiple flexes. So for example, at underdog with just the one flex uh, and then some other scoring settings that people reached out to me recently about the win the flex tool and People were surprised that running backs can win the flex, depending on what <laughs> sentence that you do put in. But um, it's not all about saying that running backs don't get an option in the flex. And that, that can be the option, for example, over at uh, Underdog. But in this format, as we work our way through it, um, what are some of the, you have a word of caution here, but what, what should you be thinking about for 2023? And are, are you back on board of the uh, double elite tight end approach here? Oh, yeah, uh, absolutely. And uh, what before we uh, go into the word of caution section, just the, the table just above where you see, hey, they've taken uh, they've taken two tight ends before round six. How many total should they stop at in FFBC sim? And clearly you should not stop at two. You, uh, you, you want you want to grab your third tight end even still. And it, like I said, it's because you can start up the tree. And they project so well uh, throughout the draft because of the tight end premium scoring. If you want to, when we get into the kind of word of caution, um, it's it sort of ties back into what we were talking about in the last section, where you you do want to be careful, a little bit careful uh, about two early selections at a at tight end, um, and I I think there is some nuance in this. Like you, you, like especially you don't want to be reaching for that second for that first or second uh, tight end just to just to fit the strategy and like oh yeah two elite happy days because uh like we kind of alluded to there there is a kind of like heavy bust rate as well like the the the, the spikes are so good they carry you so far but there is there is a there is higher bust bust risk and part of that is is that tight ends are more likely to get injured than other positions i know that i, I saw uh, curtis patrick he, uh, and dave caben they, they they had a start uh, where, where in the first and second round they started kelsey mark andrews and 
I know uh, they, they talked through that quite a lot. And, and part of their thinking was, hey, Mark Andrews almost never falls to the second to, to this pick. And, and we will be one of only a, a very small handful of teams that have this Kelsey Mark Andrews start. And then, oh, if they both hit, like we get all this upside. That that's I think that sort of makes sense. But like I said, do want to be careful about uh, reaching and an overpays to get the the double elite start. And then when we were moving further down into our, I guess, final parts of how to play it this year, I, I think the listeners will be, we summing it up and I'm going to sum it up for what people may be thinking at this particular point, not the, the players in particular, but we're looking at a double elite tight end start if possible, if it fits in with the, the way ADP is playing out, your draft slot, all that thing's all been played into consideration, but then three so adding that additional one that little bit later. Are you always going to stop at three in that build, or are you going to move on to a fourth option as well? It really, uh, honestly, it really depends. I'm almost, I almost always am going to stop at three. However, I should say, I'm not necessarily always going to. Uh, the situations where I might um, grab a fourth, is hey we're in the late rounds a tight end has dropped way past adp and particularly let's say round 16 through 20 and i'm looking at my alternative options and i'm like you know the 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 hit rates on these other guys is so low that and i'm getting i'm getting a value on a tight end who i think could be a legitimate player in fantasy football this year that that would be a situation where I'd look to uh, grab a fort, where I think part, okay, my opportunity cost is just too low to ignore this. The the other part to jump into there, obviously, we've talked about you know the tight end side of things. Have you seen building these teams last year and the past, even this year? Is there other challenges then to building out the rest of the roster with taking two tight ends in those first say five rounds, building out your wide receivers, your tight ends, your quarterback, or your running backs, your quarterbacks? Um, any other notable things that you think would help people while trying to take this approach? Yeah, so you, you do obviously you do have to be uh, pretty careful uh, and, and and thoughtful about what other positions you're selecting when you take uh, two tight ends earlier. Um, obviously, it goes without saying is that it makes it harder to hit your kind of like wide receiver thresholds. I know there's like the the five wide receivers before ten, and then there's the all the different uh, variations that people are doing this year. It does make that harder, so uh, you do have to be thoughtful about like, okay, am I going to do two tight ends early? Am I going to select an, an early QB, and also I'm going to select early running backs? Like, you, you you can't do all those things and then still get as as much wide receiver firepower as uh, as you need. So. You've either got to push uh, quarterback into the window and, and you're grabbing the kind of like Chua, Tugavailoa, and, and your uh, Richardson types um, or, or later, or you're going to have to uh, go, you're going to have to push running back. And th- th- this is what makes drafting fun is that there's such clear tr- trade offs. You've you got you to gotta take a hit somewhere and then figure out how you're going to catch up. Um, but 
would recommend that you don't do that with wide receiver <laughs> where possible. L- last question to, to fit in here is outside of Travis Kelsey, probably Mark Andrews, they're the two tight ends usually going as the earliest in ADP. Who is your favorite tight end to draft as that second elite option in 2023? Personally, uh, favorite uh, option would be TJ Hawkinson. Obviously, a little bit of bias for me that he, he scored that 41 points in uh, week 16. Um, but definitely, you're thinking about uh, kind of like cost-controlled ways. Like, he, he's not terribly cheap, um, but you, you can still get a, a, a first a first two picks that are non-tight end. Um, really like him. Pat Fryermoot, um, he's, he's a little bit later. Really like him. He... Uh, he really had a, a an increase in in the amount of routes that he was running. He was he was running a kind of like almost a true uh, elite tight ends uh, amount of our percentage of routes last year, and you're getting you're getting a nice price there. And he 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 definitely fits the bill of like younger tight end getting a getting the opportunity, and now it's up to him to truly make the most of it both guys that i i really like so uh and i don't think there's any surprise there that we probably like the same guys connor and there's a bias towards tj hawkinson that tends to be the way my drafts go as well myself and sean had a fun debate on the tj hawkinson draft over at underdog last week so uh yeah we're going to do an underdog draft right after we finish this so we'll come out on rotoviz on the best ball feed over the next couple of days but Let's see if we can get past TJ Hawkinson and if we're going to end up drafting him over there. But we'll see what happens. Looking forward to talking through that strategy on that draft. But of course, you can follow Connor over on Twitter. I think he's a you know, a criminally underfollowed account over there. If you've liked what you've heard today, it's Dricka White. It will be in the show notes as well. Check out that. He won the FFPC Best Ball Tournament in 2021. Got two teams to the final in 2022. So we're heading back there again in 2023 you can check his work up on rotoviz.com my name is colin kelly you can follow me on twitter at overtime ireland and until we are back have a good one